For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From Mediator's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review presented by Steel. Steel products are available only at authorized dealers. For more, go to steeldealers.com. Now, here's your host, Ryan Cal Callahan. Brood X, the largest and widest spread of North American cicada broods, which burrows up from the ground every 17 years across the eastern part of the country and makes everyone pull the pillow over their head at night, is here. The emergence is now in full swing, but y'all out there from Georgia through Illinois and New Jersey probably don't need a reminder. However, now is the time to turn lemons into lemonade, or in this case, annoying clicking nuisances into the shrimp of the land. That's right, this is a show about enjoying nature's bounty, and if we get excited about pulling crayfish out of the brook or shrimp out of the ocean, we can also get excited about gathering and cooking up cicadas. Anatomically speaking, the three are kissing cousins. All just different kinds of arthropods, and among arthropods, cicadas are particularly good eating, known as the truffles of the insect world. So, first things first, as with almost all game, you have to get up early to harvest cicadas. You want to get them in their tenoral phase, which means the period after shedding their nymph casing, but before the air and sun have hardened their wings and exoskeletons. The ones you want to grab should look white or light green. They start emerging right around dawn, and they'll often make their way up trees to avoid other predators. Because there are so many of them this year, you shouldn't have too hard of a time locating them. Lots of brown nymph carapaces under a tree is a good sign. Pick them up by the back, drop them in a paper bag. Once you have a bunch, put the bag in the freezer for a couple of hours, and now you have your main ingredient. For the more adventurous, just pluck off the wings and legs, whip up a little soy sauce with ginger and lime, and eat the cicadas as is. 
like insect sashimi. I myself would try a Maryland-inflected preparation. Get a big bowl of ice water next to your stove, fill a sieve with your raw cicadas, lower them into boiling water for about a minute and a half, then pull that sieve out and give it a quick dunk in the ice bath, then drain. Next, use a large mixing bowl to cover them in olive oil, salt, and a healthy coating of Old Bay seasoning. I said this was Maryland inflected, right? Well, I can't hear myself think. How am I supposed to negotiate pleats? Spread the cicadas out on a sheet pan, roast them at 325 for 12 minutes, and you'll never go back to serving pretzels at a party ever again. So long as your next party isn't scheduled till uh, 2024, which is the next time the East will have a big cicada boom. Broods 13 and 19 will be making their appearance about then. If you're in a neighborhood that has a bad case of keeping up with the Joneses, you know you have to try this. One footnote for you. Be on the lookout for the rare cicada whose bottom half looks like a nub of chalk. These individuals have been hijacked by Massapora, a pathogenic fungus that causes the lower half of the cicada's body to fall off, while also producing large quantities of a compound called cathinone, which is an amphetamine, in the cicada's nervous system. This amphetamine turns the already amorous cicada into an absolute maniac, driving the host to a frenzied copulation with as many nearby cicadas as possible. Of course, with a fungus plug where their lower half should be, these cicadas have no working equipment, and the copulating just serves to further spread the fungus. Scientists call these sex-crazed cicadas salt shakers of death. Which, friends is a sentence I have never constructed until now. Don't let the idea of Massapora scare you away from gathering and eating cicadas. The fungus affects very few individuals, and those individuals with that white fungus plug are easy to spot and avoid, and the blanching process, I described earlier, would kill any stray spores on normal-looking specimens. However, I will add that the news that this fungus produces, quote, amphetamine compounds, which obviously have a uh, energetic and amorous response in the cicada, should not heighten your interest in consuming the infected bugs. Don't eat them, is what I'm saying. And you should probably know a different strain of the same fungus creates psilocybin, the same compound in psychedelic mushrooms, in yearly cicadas. All I'm saying is, I will not be held responsible for anything that happens to you if you run out and eat bagfuls of Massapora-infected cicadas. I will, however, be looking for you in the news cycle, as your house party will definitely be making headlines. I am a golden god! This week, we've got bison, updates, access, as well as so much more. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week... And my week, as you know, is sponsored by Steel Power Equipment. The very first outfitter I ever worked for, my hunting mentor, Larry Pendleton of Lone Tree Outfitting, died of cancer at 74. I drove over to see him just a week before he passed, and we got to look through old photos and talk about a bunch of old stories, many of which were older than me. As we went through the photos, we could not find a single one of us together. Well, pard, we were the ones taking the pictures, he said. Along with my first cup of coffee, 
We shared my first elk, a cow, my first bull elk, my first mule deer. Larry taught me not only to shoot, but to practice shooting the big game calibers we were packing around. He carried a 300 wind mag he called Birdie while in the mountains, a 270 on the prairie. He taught me how to glass through a repetitive game of, all right, pard, how many do you see? Or, see that doe on the bald hillside next to that juniper? Well, what else is there? He taught me how to track and how to still hunt. He showed me how to shoot long distance pre-rangefinder, but also how, if you tried, there were a lot of shots to be taken on deer and elk under 100 yards, and to make the effort to get as close as you can every time. We killed bulls in their beds on those rainy, windy days by, as the old outfitter would say, going and getting among them. Many a hunt would commence with, well, let's go get among them. Usually said after taking a drag off a hand-rolled cigarette and a long, silent stare at the smoke curling up out of his nicotine and tar-stained fingers. Took me a long time to realize he was checking the wind, not lost in some trance. Of course, now I think it was both. He'd stare at that smoke, seeing which way the wind would take it, but at the same time, it was a solemn moment with just himself in prelude to the potential death of another critter. He showed me how darned happy a camp can be with a good bird dog, how to take your time and pick the drakes out of a bunch of mallards. We found a pile of mallards on an old water catchment one day. The wind was a steady 15 to 20, and as we scared the birds into the air, we both fired three shells. Mine, pop, 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 and his, pop, pop, pop. I had three empty shells and one Susie Mallard, Larry had three empty shells and three drake mallards. Take your time and pick out the drakes, pard, is what I heard. What he said was, hmm, as he looked at my lone Susie and he walked away with his three pretty mallards. He said things like, well, I wonder what the poor people are having tonight when we sat down to a meal. It didn't matter if that meal was a catfish pulled from a trot line behind camp with a side course of road-killed rattlesnake or the rare store-bought piece of fatty beef. Eggs were typically swum in bacon grease until almost hard, and more often than not, ducks, cottontail, sage, and sharp-tailed grouse were cut into strips covered in Alpine Touch seasoning, which he bought by the bag full, and dropped in hot canola oil with spuds, the only word he ever used for potatoes. This man was not perfect, although I certainly thought he was. We disagreed on some things. We didn't see eye to eye on some others, but we spent hours in the dark together with a cottonwood fire turned to coals talking about it all. To me, at least, he was open with his screw-ups, parts of his life that he wished he could have done in a different manner. His hand-to-mouth living as a primarily public land outfitter in Montana, the scrappiness of his income when not guiding, the missed birthdays and holidays with his children the mangled knees and ailments that came with what many considered an unconventional lifestyle. LP, you were tough but kind, frugal but giving. When you found out I wasn't planning on going to prom, you said, well, that's too bad, pard. I was going to let you take the T-Bird, what I remember as a restored 1960 Thunderbird coupe a project he had acquired that left my jaw on the floor as it was the only thing I ever noticed as a selfish expense. 
something not related to outfitting or ranch work, I uh, found a date pretty quick. Larry was embarrassed about his, quote, Billy Bob teeth and quietly proud about a master's in wildlife management, gained through a thesis that required long nights of watching badgers by spotlight with a red lens while working on the kill floor at a slaughterhouse all day. I got to very much enjoy the look on the client's faces over the years, as one per week would inevitably ask, So, how many animals do you think you've killed in your career? Larry was incredibly patient. He answered thousands of my questions starting when I was 13, and he didn't know me from Adam, another one of his sayings. He didn't know me, but he put up with me treating him as a combination outdoor life, field and stream, anything outdoors, Google machine. He fueled my fire for the outdoors when he didn't have to. He taught me by example and reference to past encounters and mistakes. Huh. Well, been there, done that, he would always say. It did not matter my age or place in life. If we were meeting in person or checking in on the phone, he would always end the conversation with, Okay, pard. Thanks for the call. You be safe. So, thank you, old outfitter. You be safe. Which of you listening right now took a class in school about Family Finances 101? No one? Yeah, me neither. Just like the importance of a will or college savings plan or even life insurance or estate planning, we have to know these things. But how do we figure it all out? That's why I'm excited to partner with Fabric by Gerber Life. Listen, one of the few things expected of you in life is to not let other people pick up after you. That's why I have life insurance, to make sure my stuff is taken care of even when I'm gone. Fabric by Gerber Life is term life insurance you can get done right here, right now. You could be covered from your couch in under 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash cal. That's meetfabric.com slash cal. M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash cal. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, Seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without on X. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it 
to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Members of the American Indian Caucus of the Montana State Legislature recently appealed to the U.S. Department of the Interior to restart the effort to expand wild bison territory in the state. This appeal to the feds comes after Governor Gianforte scuttled an earlier state-level restoration effort endorsed by both his predecessor Steve Bullock and David Bernhardt, the Interior Secretary under President Trump. Having no bison plan at all in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem is not an option. The shaggy behemoths have been reproducing without problems and surviving well. Their population inside Yellowstone Park grows between 10 and 17% every year. That means between 600 and 900 additional animals. When those animals run out of room to graze inside the park or just choose to leave, they walk out and become the state's problem. In recent years, some of those excess animals have been transported to other parts of Montana including the Fort Peck Indian Reservation, where there is a growing bison herd managed by the Fort Peck tribes. Although the previous restoration plan didn't specify exactly where bison range would expand, the Fort Peck herd would be one obvious place. There's also a smaller herd in the Blackfeet Nation, as well as one in the patchwork of parcels put together by the APR, a project that aims to return land to as close to native grassland as possible. In abandoning the existing plan, Gianforte sided with property rights groups and ranchers adjacent to these areas who worry that larger bison herds will outcompete cattle for grazing turf and potentially spread brucellosis to livestock herds. Brucellosis is not the condition affecting certain Bruce Springsteen fans who cannot stop chanting his first name at concerts, which I find highly annoying. It's a bacterial infection that causes pregnant cattle to miscarry And ironically, it was first spread from domestic cattle to bison in the early 1900s. Nowadays, about 15% of female bison in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem could potentially spread the disease. But there's never been a confirmed case of brucellosis being transmitted from bison to domestic cattle. Part of the reason for the low brucellosis numbers is it's not that easy to transfer. An uninfected animal has to come in contact with the afterbirth, what we always referred to as AB, of an infected animal. But another reason is that millions of dollars and a ton of work has been put into testing both cattle and bison extensively, keeping bison and cattle away from each other and destroying any bison who test positive before they can transmit the disease. So, if no bison have ever given brucellosis to cattle, Is it an overreaction to prevent a wild herd from returning to more of its historic range in Montana? Or has it never happened because our intense efforts have prevented it, the way pilots work hard to prevent plane crashes? You don't want to start throwing wrenches into jet engines just because it's never happened, right? And, although bison have never caused brucellosis infection, wild elk have. So, would more wild bison cause more infections? The previous plan, which was developed over the course of 10 years, had detailed guidelines specifically for preventing transmission. For example, we talked earlier about excess Yellowstone bison being moved to other parts of the state. Before that happens, those bison remain in strict quarantine for several years before they are declared fully free of the disease and ready to be moved. It would be those disease-free animals that would establish the larger wild herds. 
Fencing, testing, and other protocols were outlined in detail. The full environmental impact statement for the plan ran to 210 pages. So that eases the disease mitigation question, but it doesn't do much for the competition question. You can understand that ranchers who are trying to make a living by raising beef on the prairie don't want to share that prairie with another large grazer. Keep in mind, almost all of this country has elk, deer, antelope, even bighorn sheep grazing already. The Gianforte decision puts a moratorium on any future state bison restoration for 10 years, which is why those Montana legislators we mentioned earlier from the Blackfeet Nation are appealing to the federal government. Secretary Holland could start a national bison restoration plan that would most likely run right through Montana on federal ground, not state ground. Don't expect any of this to go away overnight or to leave anyone fully happy. Sticking with bison, Grand Canyon National Park has also suffered some problems related to bison and the overpopulation of bison in recent years. Damage to archaeological sites, overgrazing of vulnerable habitat, and more waste than the park's waterways can handle. This fall, the Park Service and Arizona Fish and Game are allowing a bison hunt inside the park for the first time. Before you get too excited, the application period to become a so-called skilled volunteer closed on Monday the 4th, and 45,000 people applied for 12 spots. Those lucky few were notified this past week, and I'm going to bet that those 12 volunteers already have their meat packing crew dialed in. There are no vehicles or pack animals allowed in the park, so once that animal is on the ground, you're responsible for getting all that meat and hide back to civilization on your back across many miles at over 8,000 feet of elevation. Happy Labor Day! To some, that's the happy labor, but the knees, they might not thank you. A bison relocation program similar to the ill-fated Yellowstone effort was piloted in the Grand Canyon herd in 2019, and since then, 88 animals have been captured and transferred to five American Indian tribes. This transfer was quicker and much less complicated because there's no brucellosis in the Grand Canyon herd. So even though this is a less controversial bison situation, don't be surprised if you hear more fighting about Grand Canyon bison before the year is out. Moving on to the access desk. The Biden administration recently announced a major expansion of hunting and fishing access on National Wildlife Refuge lands and waters. The proposal opens up 2.1 million acres and 90 National Wildlife Refuges, as well as one National Fish Hatchery. Seven refuges will open to hunting and fishing for the first time, and access will expand to more acreage in the remaining 83. Here is just a sampling of some of the places where you will soon be able to go match wits with nature. The Green Lake National Fish Hatchery in Maine will open sport fishing for the first time. The Harbor Island National Wildlife Refuge in Michigan will open to small game hunting. Everything from rabbits and squirrels to skunks and porcupines, if that's your flavor, and to migratory bird hunting, upland game hunting, and sport fishing. Existing deer and bear hunting will expand to new acres. The Natchez River National Wildlife Refuge in Texas, a state notably light on its public land hunting possibilities, will open to white-tailed deer, feral hog, squirrel, rabbit, raccoon, beaver, coyote, and duck hunting. This would open big game, upland game, and migratory bird hunting on the refuge for the first time ever. That's just scratching the surface. The full list is available on the Forest Service website, and I highly recommend heading over there and feasting your eyes on it. 
The Biden proposal would also reinforce a similar Trump-era proposal to significantly simplify the rules around hunting and fishing access in these areas. Many refuges have regulations distinct from those of the surrounding state, which is a hassle. You are more likely to go out for ducks on that stretch of refuge shoreline if you don't have to learn a whole new set of regs to do so. Another win for hunting access. While you're at the FWS.gov planning your next gallon yule hunt on the refuge near you, please do not neglect the public comment section. After my quick scan of the comments so far, it's neck and neck between this is great, thank you, and oh my god, you monsters. So make sure to click comment and let them know that you support this one. And even though bitter partisanship rules the headlines these days, this is one of those conservation efforts that both sides have pulled for. Bill Clinton signed the National Wildlife Refuge System Improvement Act in 1997, which specified hunting and fishing access as one of the elements necessary to keeping the refuges healthy. Then, George W. Bush, Obama, Trump, and now Biden administrations have all continued to expand refuge access. So do not let this rare harmony go to waste. Get out in a wildlife refuge system this fall and see where that duck stamp money goes. And remember, you're not limited to just one duck stamp. Buy one for a friend this season. That's all I've got for you this week. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Steel for sponsoring this podcast. Take a look at steeldealers.com to find an authorized, knowledgeable steel dealer near you. They have everything from pruning shears to pole saws to make your life in and out of hunting season easier. Most importantly, let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods by writing in to AskCal, that's A-S-K-C-A-L, at TheMeatEater.com. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order i'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet you can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.